Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. The fallout with Florida State not making the college football playoffs continues. Florida State is called for a special board of trustees meeting for Friday morning and probably looking at do they want to stay in the ACC. Jerome Bettis joining us, the uh, Hall of Fame running back. And won a Super Bowl, uh, six Pro Bowls, and uh, 10th overall pick by the Rams out of Notre Dame back in 1993. Bussy, good to have you back on. I want to play something that uh, your former quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, had to say. Talking about the Steeler tradition, then I'll get your reaction to this. Here's Ben Roethlisberger. I felt that certain guys on the team aren't in it for the team, they're in it for themselves. Well, now some of the guys on the team are saying the same thing. Yeah. So maybe I wasn't too far off when I said that. But like I know problem. that I'm retired. I just don't, you know, I'm not yeah. in the locker room. I get it. But it just feels like that. It just feels like that's something that's kind of been lost on this team a little bit. You, you, it feels like the Steeler way is just not – there just wasn't that Steeler – tradition passed down and I just you have it on defense don't get me wrong but you don't have it on offense right now and it's, it's just making it really hard you're not seeing in my opinion the toughness on offense but I just feel like people aren't afraid to play the Pittsburgh Steelers anymore for, for whatever you know whatever that is but maybe the the, the tradition of the Pittsburgh Steelers is, is 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 done maybe it needs to be formed a new kind of way I don't know it's Ben Roethlisberger his uh, football and podcast all right Jerome what do you think uh, Ben is getting at well, I, I think he's getting at the fact that, for one, uh, they haven't needed a, uh, a quarterback for the last, what, 14, 15 years, whatever it was, he was there. So there was a lot of continuity between uh, uh, kind of eras, if you will. So for, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think they, ha- they don't have the leadership on offense. Uh, you got a lot of young guys on offense trying to find their way. And that's what you're seeing. It's not that it's, you know, it's not, there's still a way it's gone. Uh, it's just that you just don't have uh, the consistency offensively. And, and that's what you're seeing out there. I and mean, that's the problem. Um, the, the leadership, unfortunately, you know, got a young quarterback. If he's not in the game, then obviously who's leading the way, you know, from an offensive line perspective, um, you don't have those, those personalities um, that stepping that stepping up and saying, "Hey, I'm going to be a leader of this offense. I'm going to push us forward." The, you know, and then obviously you have the wide receiver um, uh, issues that you that you're hearing about publicly. Uh, and so, what happens is you just don't have the leadership on offense. On defense, you do, and you you heard um, Ben talk about the leadership on defense. You just don't have it on offense, and I think that's what they're missing. Okay, how would you feel if you were the running back for the Steelers and your wide receiver, George Pickens, is not blocking anybody on a run where you can score a touchdown and the guy he's supposed to be blocking ends up at the tackle? What would you say? I I would pull him to the side and say, come on, man, listen, we all in this together. If you want me to block that linebacker when it's a blitz so he can get the ball to you, I want you to do the same for me. So you want to you wanna express to them the importance of, you know, each and every play, right? And so, yeah, you, I, you can come down on him in the media, uh, but I promise you that's not going to turn his switch on 
uh, it's going to be you putting your arm around him and say, hey, man, listen, we all in this together. And if you look good, we all look good. If you look bad, we all look bad. That's the bottom line. I think that's part of that's part of the, the leadership that's missing. You just don't have that that guy to say, "Hey, man, come here, listen." Yeah, but here's the deal. What's what's Mike Tomlin's role in all of this? You're saying the players got to be accountable. So, so yeah, yeah, it's it's a fine line. The head coach, it's hard for him to be the buddy too, right? So he's got to be the heavy in this in this particular role. You need someone internally in that locker room that can pull him aside and say, listen, man, I'm in this, I'm in the same boat that you're in. I'm with you. And so the head coach can't necessarily play that role. That's why you you need that strong leader offensively that can pull him aside and say, look, man, we all getting hammered here. So here's the deal. We all got to put more effort in. We all have to do this. And the key word is we. And when you don't have that person saying we, that's where it falls apart. You know, I started to think about running backs when I knew you were going to be on that at some point it's going to be hard to quantify who's a Hall of Famer because it's probably going to be more about receptions than it's going to be about yards. Like Christian McCaffrey, is he a Hall of Famer? Oh, wow. It's, you know what? It, that's, a, that's a tough one. Early in his career, uh, you know, unfortunately, he he didn't put up those the same numbers that he's putting up now. Um, you know, obviously injury and that kind of thing. So with him, you got to look at longevity. You got to look at you know, will he be able to to do this for ten, twelve years, uh, so that we can look at his body of work and say absolutely. Okay, but who's playing now that you think is going to the Hall of Fame at running back? Is Derrick Henry a Hall of Famer right now? He he still has to do more. I think everybody still has to do more. That's the that's the thing. It's not it's not a clear science. One, um, <laughs> <laughs> I can promise you that. Uh, so that's that's part of the issue. But you also have to you know have to you know lead your team from a successful standpoint. Now you know they, he's made some. Uh, I think AFC Championship games or something like that. So that that bodes well for him. So that that's part of um, all of that, that that they look at. So I, you know, for me to say, yeah, he's a Hall of Famer, I'd be doing uh, the Hall of Famer disservice if I was. And then if I said he's not, I'd be doing I'd be doing the player disservice. So I just think they're they're on the road if they have to just continue with that with that success for a long period of time. But they're not going to get to 12,000 rushing yards. That's just not going to happen anymore. And it used to be if you got to 10,000, you got into the Hall of Fame. And I don't know if we go back to maybe that number, that's the magical number, and you throw in you know yards from scrimmage with receptions. Yeah, so so I, here, here's, I think, is, is how we have to look at it. You see the receivers, um, the goal line has been been moved. Um, and I say that because I've got a guy who's, who's, his goal line has been moved in Heinz Ward. He played in an era where we ran the football, right? But he was one of the best, uh, in that era. He did it all. And then at the end of his era, the goal line moved because <laughs> the goal post moved rather, because now you got all these guys, you know, catching 115, 120 balls a year. Well, he was in an era where when you caught 85 balls a year, that puts you at the top of the league. So now his numbers are skewed because he kind of was in both of those eras. So I think what you look at with the running back, it's going to be a different era in terms of the numbers. So you're going to look at it a different way, and you're going to look at those numbers a different way because you know it is a passing era. Heinz Ward is a Hall of Famer. And you know what I would do if I'm Mike Tomlin? I ask Heinz Ward to come in to teach my wide receivers how to be tough and be multidimensional, not just come out there. What is it about diva receivers in Pittsburgh uniform? I'm like, what's going on here? That's not a diva town. It's not. It's not. It's a blue-collar town with um, with people who love to, to roll their sleeves up and go to work. So, yeah, that that is It's an issue. It's a concern. Uh, but, you know, that's one of those because you don't have that guy to say, hey, man, listen, you know, get your ass in gear. Let's go, man. Bring in Heinz Ward. That's it. Just bring him in or just show video of Heinz Ward and just say that's, it. That <laughs> that's all you got to show. 
That's what I would do. That's what I would do. No doubt about it. Did Heinz ever hit you accidentally? <laughs> he hit me all the time. We always had to. We had a, a little thing we would do that you know about touchdowns. Whoever scored the touchdown, right? And so we would yell, "No, no!" If he was going in or if I was going in, and it was the funniest thing because everybody thought we were we, we hated each other. But it was it was this little thing that we used to do, uh, trying to beat each other to touchdown. So there was a there was maybe a time or two where he um he he, he said he was trying to help push me in the end zone. He was just giving me a shot. <laughs> He's uh, Jerome Bettis. By the way, Jerome has a uh, blue and gold golf classic that takes place in the Hamptons next May, 20th and 21st. So uh, the event benefits Notre Dame Endowment and the uh, Bus Stops Here Foundation. More information, blueandgoldclassic.com. Would you have switched positions coming into the NFL? if, Like, like if you were coming out of Notre Dame now, would you be drafted high as a running back? Wow, that's a great – I don't think so. Well, I, I think uh, I would be drafted by – no, not the 10th pick in the, in the draft like I, I have been um, because I think right now you have to be so dynamic uh, catching the football. I think that becomes part of um, uh, your, your DNA. It has to be. And when you look at the guys who've been drafted high – that's that's a big part of what they do. So I think when we look at Christian McCaffrey, he's kind of identified what the new uh, running back should look like, yeah. right? What he should be, what what characteristics he should have. But I will say this: uh, what people don't really notice about Christian McCaffrey, and I've watched him ever since he was in Carolina, he's a really good inside runner. Um, I watched him when he was at Stanford. They he is. And so a lot of people think because of the size that, you know, he's, he's, he's a really good in between the tackles runner. And I think that's what you have to be to play in the NFL. You can't be a guy that plays on the edge. You've got to be a guy who is a downhill in between the tackle guy in order to have that kind of success. You don't have to be the biggest guy in the world, but you've got to know how to, to, um, to work your way uh, on a, on the football field, in between the tackles, and I thought that runner. that hurt Reggie Bush that he wasn't a you know between the tackles right. kind of running back, and and McCaffrey's built different than Reggie Bush, but Reggie wasn't a between the tackles running back. That's right, and and in the NFL, the, the difference here is is in college you you're faster than you know a lot of the guys on the edge because a lot of those guys won't make it to the NFL, right? Well, in the NFL, every guy deserves to be there, and every guy has has that talent. So you're not gonna run some outrun somebody to the to the edge to the corner. You you gotta get in. You go inside to get outside, and that's what that's what um, the the running backs in the NFL. That's the biggest difference from college to pro. You have to learn. You have to run inside to get outside. If you don't do that, it won't ever happen. You got to be able to make a guy miss. And I think when you look at the, the great running backs, they've always had the ability to make a guy miss because there's the guy is going to be where he's supposed to be. That's the NFL. These guys are, are on defense. They're talented. Uh, they're disciplined. So they're going to be there. Is You've got to be able to make a miss. And so I think when you look at Christian McCaffrey, he does that ex- exceptionally well. Uh, or you got to be able to run him over like Derrick Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Do you still have a beef with anybody that cheap shotted you? No, I don't. I don't. I, I I had I had you know my my group of guys. There was some you know a guy here. I, I, it was a guy for the Chargers who I was always after. Uh, a couple of guys from the Titans that I was always after. But but uh, give me I a have, name. Give me a name. No 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 no. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> I, I, I'm kinda, I I turned a, a, a <laughs> you try to take me back to the dark side. No, I have turned that chapter. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> So, but I tell you what, yeah. if I if I saw him on the street, I, I would do a double take. Like, do I do oh. I go in and give a forearm <laughs> shiver or? <laughs> I like that. Bus told me one time a couple of years ago that he could actually hear a guy kind of whimper when he ran into him, a defensive player, right? Yes, that was that was fun because. <laughs> Obviously, you you don't get that many opportunities. Wait, but how right? did it sound when you run into this defensive player? 
you see them and you and you you're breaking their will so you can kind of hear it. it's like uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a long like hurt that you can kind of feel and when you look them in the eyes then they don't want to look at you that's when you know you have broken their will and you don't even have to worry about that guy anymore you know <laughs> he's He's going to make it look like he's trying to dive, yeah. but he's diving straight to the ground. He, he wants you to jump over. We bring up your your run against Brian Urlacher. Whenever we see Urlacher, we always bring up the uh, Jerome Bettis run, and he's like, oh, why are you going to bring that up? We bring up when Tom Brady, uh, you know, shifted, uh, you know, kind of deked him there, and then we always bring up you running over Urlacher. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's pissed off about that to this day. Um, but <laughs> what I will, I tell him that, hey, think about this. We we exchanged shoes after the game. So he has that the shoes that actually that ran him over. So <laughs> how many guys in the history of the game have the actual shoes from the guy that ran you over? You can say, you know what, these are the shoes. But, it, but what's weird is when he lies down to go to sleep, he puts those shoes <laughs> on his chest because that's what he remembers about you running him over. Well, he knows where they fit. He, he's got to kind of knows where to put them right. Wait, why didn't you? Exchange? He's gonna kill me. He's gonna kill me. You know that, right? Why? Well, no, him, he's, he's no, he's not me. because we saw what happened on the football field. Uh, but why didn't you exchange jerseys? Did you ever do that when you played? You know what? I did a little bit, not a whole lot. Um, it was hard for me to get the jersey off, so <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't doing much exchanging. Uh, from that standpoint, so the shoes were the right thing to do. And what I did was, I, you know, a lot of guys do uh, the jerseys, and so I just I thought so much of, of Brian that I went into their locker room afterwards uh, out of respect for him and, and wanted to exchange uh, the shoes because I just I felt that there were some things uh, that are special. You can get a jersey from a guy, but when you get somebody's shoes, it, 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 you know, it, it means something and it shows something. So I wanted to do something a little different. Uh, so I'll exchange different things from with different people. I'm sure Erlocker saw you coming into the locker room. It's like, you're the last guy he wants to see coming in. How about you send him a Christmas card? Not, hey, Brian, here's the shoes I ran you over with. The key is to immediately get right back in there and make them feel good so that they don't hate you. So the longer you go without that that connection, they get, they get madder and madder, right? They get more pissed off. So I was glad I diffused it early. But you never so did this with laugh about you, you didn't do this with Ray Lewis, did you? No, absolutely not. That, the Ravens, Ravens. you were I would not be caught dead in that locker room, i tell you that. But, well, no, you might be caught dead in that yeah, locker that's room. It, that's right. I would be dead if I was in the locker room. I promise you that. But I, I will say this about Ray Lewis. We have become great friends. Um, and we were friends then. We just were friends that really didn't speak to each other. Um, <laughs> but we have become great friends. Uh, since our time on the field. <laughs> Great to talk to you, as always. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for joining us, boss. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's a Jerome Bettis, Hall of Fame running back. More in his golf tournament, blueandgoldclassic.com. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. NBC Premier League festive features. Well, it's going to be a massive matchup of the uh, top of the table. It's Liverpool and Arsenal. NBC and streaming on Peacock. If you're watching on Peacock, thank you for downloading the app. We say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country. iHeartRadio, Fox Sports Radio. We'll talk to Marcus Spears, a big swagoo, will join us coming up here momentarily. A couple of phone calls. And uh, Russell in uh, Vegas joining us. Hey, Russ, what's on your mind today? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Uh, first time, long time. Uh, five foot ten, a hard one ninety. Hand size nine point five. Old school. And I'm also a member of the DDC. All right. And the reason for my phone call is I actually had a bone to pick. Oh. And my bone to pick is ever since we I found out that the Super Bowl was going to be here in Las Vegas, I sent a barrage of phone calls and emails to your your location to find out how I can make your trip a little more pleasurable when you get here. Okay. And I've got zero response. I even reached out to the big German after you guys came back from Ireland. Okay. So this is what I had in mind. Right. This, this is going to be rapid fire. This is, uh, this is going to come at you hard, come at you fast. Okay, okay so, so for Paulie. I want to get him on the ice and get a body check from one of our professional hockey players. Seaton, I want him to shoot a 50 caliber machine gun and get a tattoo of the Las Vegas sign. Fritzy, I want him to test his vocal skills out at the mega karaoke that just opened up at the Venetian and go to the Brad Garrett's comedy shop to get some free lessons. And Marv, Marv, we're going to do something special with you. What we're going to do is we're going to do the Stratosphere Fall. It's only 880 feet. And you can also go to the, uh, the Pinball Museum. No large hands are required for both of either one of these. Okay. And for Dan, take you to the best steakhouse that just opened up here, Oscars, and one of the best cigar lounges. For the BRGs, we can go ahead and take some test track uh, runs on the uh, the race car track out here. Are you setting all these things up, Russell? Or are you just suggesting them? I, I was trying to. I mean, I, I had all, all these ideas popping through my head as soon as I knew the best show in town was coming to my town. Okay. All right. Uh, Russell, uh, stay on hold, and uh, Tyler will get your information, and uh, hopefully uh, somebody... Yes, yes. Tyler. I thought there was a lot to do in Vegas. He just added a whole bunch of other things we didn't even think of. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. Fun. Yeah. Maybe we'll reach out and see if uh, Russell can help us when we go to Las Vegas. Yes, Paul? Can he help Todd stay in his hotel and watch Dateline for seven hours? He doesn't need any help. Don't need any help. Back to you. I'm a professional stayer in the hotel. Yes, you are. Yes, Seton. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but... Uh, Russell seemed pretty upset. Like he was, he had called and emailed dozens, if not hundreds, of times, mm-hmm. and then finally got through and was like, "Hello, I'm just <laughs> trying to do something with you guys." I don't know. Maybe there's a red flag there. Just throwing it out. Ooh, stage five clinger. Well, it, it was a little like, "Why are you not responding to my stalking?" It's kind of the way it felt to me. <laughs> That's. Uh, I don't want to be around guns with the fellas. All I'm saying. Transition to Marcus Spears, ESPN NFL analyst, former defensive end. And member of NFL Live every weekday from, uh, well, 4 to 5. He's got to put up with Dan Orlovsky. 
He gets the pleasure of working with Laura Rutledge, Mina Kimes, and Ryan Clark. And the big swagoo joins us on the program. Are the Rams threatening? <laughs> hey, Dan. Hey. Hey, buddy. <laughs> they are. They are, man. They are. The way Matthew Stafford is playing right now, um, offensively, this team, I, the, the eye-opener for me was against Baltimore and what they were able to do against that defense and the type of plays that they were able to make. And obviously, we know getting Cooper Cup back was huge. Was a huge infusion of juice for this offense. And I love the running back, Kyron Williams, who I think is one of the most underrated yeah. players in the, this yeah. year. So yeah. um, they they fixed a lot of things. I think Sean McVay um, coaching has come to the forefront. Um, last year was just so bad, man. Injuries, um, not having a lot of your your key pieces, but this year he's showing his he's showing why he was regarded as one of the better, not only offensive minds but head coaches in the league. This time of the year, you get those teams that it's not the playoffs, but they're playing like it's the playoffs. Like every game, you know, Buffalo's got to win out. Yeah. Now, granted, they're a big favorite against the Chargers, the Bengals, and Steelers. You know, there there's a lot attached to that as well. Speaking of the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger had some critical things to say about the Steeler way offensively. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's not there anymore. Uh, you know, when you start to point the finger of blame here, does it start at Mike Tomlin that you can have the Steeler way on defense but not have it on offense? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it starts with Mike. And, you know, obviously he's one of my favorite people because I know him personally, but – it starts with him. Um, he knows that I don't hold any punches when it comes to that. You see some of the undisciplined things, some of the lack of effort things, and obviously we coming right off of the George Pickens not doing a damn thing on a block uh, that could have potentially turned into a touchdown for them against the Colts. But um, I, I think Mike will tell you himself it always starts with him. Um, you know, offensively, the offense coordinator job, I think that was held on too long. You could have made this transition way earlier. You saw that that wasn't going anywhere. Um, so, yeah, I think you – I mean, for as much as they get paid, DP, you damn right we're going to start with them when we see problems uh, with the team, and and that's who it goes to. And then, that doesn't absolve these grown players from not, you know, doing the minimal. Sometimes you just get beat. Sometimes you play teams that are better – um, but 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 we've seen now this from Deontay Johnson. We saw this from George Pickens. We heard um, Najee Harris talk about um, be be down and dejected about what they were doing offensively. So this feels like a holistic problem. And we were talking about it yesterday on NFL Live and realizing that this is also the second youngest offense in the NFL. So it's not a lot of leadership on that side of the ball or not that calming presence that you would probably look for, or even the presence to challenge people when they're not doing their job. Like I was fortunate to be around a lot of veterans in Dallas, a lot of dudes that would challenge you, call you out, and it made me a better pro. Um, so I think it is more on Mike T to get that specific unit doing what they need to do. How often does the defense take offense when the offense isn't playing well and say something to the offense, or maybe vice versa? How often does that happen, do you think, in a locker room? It doesn't happen when they playing bad because it, it it's you know that they're trying to have success. The difference is when you see effort. Like the difference is when you see physicality, and I think that's what TJ and obviously Cam and Minka Fitzpatrick. When you look at the leaders of this team, they're not gonna go get into the intricate details of why we can't run the football or why we don't have a bunch of yards offensively. But when you see again, example George Pickens not making a block. And then you couple that with the fact that we're not having a lot of success offensively and we haven't had a lot of success throughout the year. That's when you go over as a defensive guy and be like, man, what the hell wrong with y'all? Yeah. Though, look, what you saw, DP, is the that, that is what happens before players only meetings. Those type of things are what what give the validity to say, hey, we kicking the coaches out and the coaches have to do their job. But accountability in the NFL and any good team that I've ever been a part of, the players took more accountability than having a coach have to say something about. Is Sean McDermott coaching for his job? Um, I think this last little resurgence, no. Um, it's a crazy league, though, DP. We know how crazy it is, man. Um, if they don't make the playoffs? 
if they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be a real conversation about if he's the guy going forward. I really believe that. And that that because of the tremendous amount of success that Buffalo has had playoff-wise and Josh Allen has played really, really well, even though, you know, the firing of offensive coordinator, the firing of a defensive coordinator or, or the leave of absence of Leslie Fra- Frazier, I think if this team doesn't go to the playoffs, and I talked about it earlier this year, is that this the NFL now is about windows. And if yours is open, you better you better try to make it happen. You better at least get there, right? Like if they if they miss the playoffs, think about this, DP. If the Buffalo Bills miss the playoffs, we are removed two years away from saying this was one of the best teams, if not the best team in football. And now you suffer injuries with Matt Milano. You got Tredavious Wright injuries as well. You look, you look at the offensive side. Stefan Diggs has been up and down about his excitement or enjoyment about being there. Um, Joe Brady is the best thing that happened to this team in the last few weeks. Yeah. Because he's calling an offense that doesn't put everything on Josh. And some of those have translated into wins. Um, I hate to say it, but I think so. Um, now it would, it would be, it would still be surprising, DP, if they fired Sean McDermott um, to me. But it wouldn't be something that I'm like, ah, that there's no basis for that. It would just be to change direction and change course and hopefully get you over the top. He's Marcus Spears. You can see him uh, Monday through Friday, NFL Live at 4 Eastern with uh, Laura Rutledge, Mina Kimes, Dan Orlovsky, and Ryan Clark. When you were with the Cowboys, how aware are you when you go out? Like everything you do when you're a cowboy in that town, as opposed to some other place that you played. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I bet it's not as bad, DP, as like a Green Bay or a Buffalo. Okay. Right, because of the vicinity. Um, but there's a lure to to being a cowboy, man. Like I still eat free around here. I still get people calling me to do stuff. I still make money off the fact that I play for the Cowboys. So it's one of those things where. Look, this city was the second city I lived in um, my entire life, right? I grew up in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, was there all the way throughout college and and got drafted, obviously, in Dallas. So this is home for me um, beyond Baton Rouge, which is my heart and my home where I, where I learned everything. But uh, this city has been absolutely amazing. Now, obviously, the perks come with the fact that you were drafted by the Cowboys, and uh, people recognize you, and they want to be a part and and attached. But you ain't you ain't like Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football. That got something to do with the Cal- Dallas Cowboys. I'm on ESPN. That got something to do with playing for the Dallas Cowboys. It's not just about local. Like the local people love us, and they tell us every every chance they get. But the national presence that you have when you play for the Cowboys as well is, uh, I think, second to none. I mean, we all over the media. That ain't no coincidence, DP. No, no. Okay. No, no. You think you think you think from your career that you played for the Dallas Cowboys. To be honest, like all of the si- success yeah. that you had, That's you true. think you played for the Cowboys. Yeah. Backup tight end. I was there yeah. for a few years. Yeah. And and a backup punter uh, as and well. A punter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I want you to tell me what Tua is referring to. Uh Marvin, if we could play Tua Tonga Vialoa. I keep receipts. We all we all have 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 a way of how we do things, but like all the narratives about it, I am yeah sure. I am only good with Tyreek, and I that you're right. I am that is the only time I am at my best. Um, you're right. I'm only good when Jalen's in. I I, I I could care less about it. Like sure, uh, if Jalen and those guys are not like I'm only as good as Raheem Mostert allows me to be. Like that's that's what the narrative needs to be and we're able to win games, and we're able to go where we want to go as a team, I am the worst football player, if that's what you want. Like, <laughs> I don't care. Like, I really don't. I I like that he cares. He says he doesn't care, but he cares. Tremendous. Okay, does he have a legitimate gripe here? Um, No. I mean, I, I think if you – if <laughs> see, DP, we always, we always got to separate – um, I don't want to even say fans and people that actually watch the game in detail. Tua can play. Tua is a really good quarterback, very accurate. Um, 
great with ball placement, the narrative about his arm strength. I never bought into it because I saw him play at Alabama and I saw him throw beautiful uh, deep, deep passes down the field. Um, I think the, the narrative on Tua is with all of this talent surrounding you, are you going or where do you fall in that order? This same conversation that I have about Brock Purdy. Right. Everybody talk, everybody thinks that you mad or you hate or you can't don't think these dudes can play when you have a legitimate argument around them. Like DP, honestly, when you walk into the stadium and you're about to play the Miami Dolphins, who the hell do you think the defensive plan starts with? Tyreek. It starts with Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Like that is the narrative that's starting to make all of these quarterbacks think or all or people in general think that. If you don't say that they the best quarterback or that that it's going it's it's like they can't play at all. Like Brock Purdy, I was on uh get up the other day. Brock Purdy is playing out of his mind. He's absolutely elevated what this San Francisco 49ers team can do. That ain't the first person you think about when you walk in the stadium and you're playing against the 49ers. Like you and you got to understand when I come from a defensive perspective, I come from a perspective of sitting in in a facility for 5 days a week, game planning on who do we have to make sure we take care of if we're going to have the best chance to win this game. You know who people saying that is for the 49ers? Christian McCaffrey. Just like people saying Tyreek Hill is the guy for the Miami Dolphins. So when do you get to Tua, right? When I go to Baltimore, Lamar Jackson is first on that list. When I go to Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes is first on that list. When I go to Buffalo, Josh Allen, the first person you got to take care of. When you go to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers would have killed us if he wasn't the first person we had to decide that we were going to take care of. So those are that is how I determine when you start talking about quarterbacks. Okay, but who's your MVP then? My MVP is Lamar Jackson. Okay. Yeah, like like I have because first of all, DP, I have a a flaw. Okay, this is my I gotta admit it. it my flaw. You is, got one. Okay. I got I got one. Just one. Okay. It, you know, we all gotta have one. Yeah. Sure. You know. Um. Lamar Jackson to me is in a in a rare category. If it's not for Patrick Mahomes, and you can also put Josh Allen in this category. It should have been a revolving door around those three for league MVP, right? Because when I think of most valuable, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, in that, and he won them. So I'm, I omitted him because he won two of them. Um, DP, tell me who's been more valuable to their team outside of Patrick Mahomes is the only argument. And obviously, we talk about Aaron Rodgers, but he won them. Who's been more valuable to their team outside of Lamar Jackson? Yeah, I've said for a while now that no team asks more of their quarterback than Baltimore does with Lamar Jackson. And you got people that will argue Buffalo and they got a legitimate argument. But see, he already won his MVP. And you know how this goes in the media. We'd love to have a new story. We want to move on. That's why we're trying to get Dak in there, Brock Purdy in there. You know, even yeah. Tyreek Hill, McCaffrey they, in there. And, and it's not it's not just us, DP. They do it in basketball. LeBron should have won at least two more MVPs in basketball. Um, so, look, Brock Purdy numbers, what he's done, absolutely should be in the MVP conversation. And I got him, too, because you just can't deny the Well, what success. if he looks great on Monday night against the Ravens and Lamar Jackson? Then you're moving past Lamar Jackson. Okay. But if Lamar and, wins and that win, game... In a win. He has to win the game. Yeah, if Lamar wins that game, then all of a sudden he's your favorite. Yeah, because if Lamar is my favorite now, but if Lamar wins that game, we he I guarantee you he's going to be who we walk away saying was the best player on the field. If San Francisco wins it, we ain't going to walk away saying Brock Purdy was the best player <laughs> on the field. All right. I uh, love you. Thank you. People for- get mad at me for that, man. I love, bro. I have watched, I have watched Brock Purdy snap after snap after snap. I'm not like Dan. I haven't seen every snap, Dan Orlovsky, but I've seen enough to know how much he's impacting the success of this football team. My only thing is this when you didn't have two guys, you went 0 and 3 and averaged 17 points a game. Lamar Jackson lost Mark Andrews. They roll it. All right. He's lost offensive linemen. They roll it. He just lost his running probably back. their most explosive running back. Yeah. He's still going to roll. We don't have that same type of sentiment 
you know? So, hey, now, last part on this MVP conversation. If Josh Allen didn't throw so many interceptions, he'd probably be the leader in the clubhouse. Well, they have to make the playoffs. Uh, hey, yeah, you I, thank you for coming on this year. We appreciate it. You know, Merry you Christmas know, to you, man. Merry Christmas to you, brother. Um, send me some steaks. I don't know if we're going to be able to do meat no, Friday. No, no, come up. Just if you don't do it now, uh, do it in the office. Where are you? I'm, where are you I'm, again? Tell me I, again. I'm about an hour from Bristol. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah, we'll do meat Friday. Friday hard, man, because I'm always home. I, I'm like 20 minutes from Orlovsky. Oh, that's why you that's why you don't like him. Why? Because you, you're too close to him. He gets on your nerves. That's, no, I just like guys who play the position really well. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, well, we we the same in that regard. <laughs> Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> That's uh, Marcus Spears. We'll take a break. We're back after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Final hour in this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. 24 hours from now, the tension will be very high on this program. We will hand out most valuable, least valuable, most improved, least improved Danette because of your voting. Go to danpatrick.com. Over 50,000 votes have been cast so far. And from what I'm being told by Mario, who counts the votes, two races may already be done. Does anybody think they won one of the categories here. Todd, what category do you think you might win tomorrow? Least improved. Least improved. I'm go with least improved. Okay. Pauling? I think I'm going to get least improved in a close race over Todd. Okay. Seton, what category do you think you'll win or could win tomorrow? Probably least valuable. <laughs> Marvin, what about you? That's not my thoughts on it. I just think that's what the... <laughs> of course if, the if there was undervalued Danette Award, I would win that every year. Undervalued. Far. Oh, yeah. Undervalued. Undervalued Danette. All right. Maybe a new category for next year. Marvin, what about you? What category do you think you might win fans voting? I'm going to go least improved. Because you were the most improved last year? Like, look, this somebody's got to win it. This is it. Yeah. I mean, this is as good as it's going to get right here. It's the ceiling. Okay. Yeah, Paul. I, I guarantee Marv's winning most improved tomorrow. Hmm. I, I can almost guarantee it. Okay. I'm willing to bet a pie to the face. <laughs> Not on that. Oh. On the most valuable. Well, uh, well, hold on here. Okay. Now you got my attention. Most valuable, Danette, you're willing to bet a pie on this. I am. Okay. 
What is it? I'm going to go drum roll. Seton O'Connor. Seton O'Connor. most valuable Danette for this one reason. Crappensburg State. Oh. That could whoa. hurt. Got to admit, that could hurt. Rick, could it help, help. you get? Yeah. It could help. It could also hurt. It's a crapshoot. Oh. Okay. Blue. Okay. Sorry, Todd. I like that people like um, send us their reasoning on social media for this stuff <laughs> where they're like, they're taking it really seriously and they're like, I don't know. Look, normally I'm a Seton guy, but you know, this year. Marvin, he came up with the cookout playlist. I mean, that was huge. Uh, you know, they're like giving you real, People, it, real stuff. It's really serious. <laughs> it's really serious. All right. So Marvin says, does anybody want to take Marvin up on that bet? That he says Seton will be the most valuable Danette. Seton? I could take that bet. Okay. You get the field. You can either... Take, uh, you know, if, if you're siding with Marvin, then you got Seton, or you could have the field. Well, Seton is betting even, against, are you betting against yourself? The, yeah, I won't even take the field. I'll just say that I'm not getting it. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. I guess we got to get a pie tomorrow because somebody will get a pie to the face. Let's go. Final half hour. Oh, of the wait. Program. What? Tomorrow it's cold out there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. You. How about a hot apple pie? Warm you up? Yeah. Not not a hot apple pie, like a warm, warm apple pie. Yeah, warm apple pie. Right out of the oven, right to your face. I'll just take the regular. Regular? The yeah. the whipped cream, like mm -hmm. blueberry, something like that? Yeah. Okay. All righty. Uh, final hour of the program. Pull question for the final hour, Seton. We're going to go with something different than we had an hour two. Let me update you, Dan. All right. Uh, let's see. More important to college football, we have high school recruiting or the transfer portal. Uh, that's holding at about 61% transfer portal. Okay. That's uh, right. pretty interesting. All right. We're also just uh, putting up there, uh, in 10 years, who will be considered Ooh. the better center? Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid? Mm -hmm. You want to uh, guess? I'm going to say Joker 57%. Uh, oh, wow, that's interesting. It won't let me see the results. <laughs> oh. It just says, thank you. We have uh, already counted your vote, so apparently it's keeping it a secret. Uh, I'll let you guys know who won okay. in 10 years. All right. Thank you. you. All right. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. Thank you for downloading the app. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, more likely or less likely to go to the NFL? And if I said you could, if you're the Chargers, hire Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh, who would you take? Andy Staples, who covers college football, will join us here in a moment. Uh, let's see, Saints and the Rams, that'll be coming up tonight. The Rams are giving four. You also have the Boca Raton Bowl game at South Florida and Syracuse. Uh, the Clippers have won nine in a row. You excited? Anybody? That's a great sign, though. I guess. Ninth? I guess. I love it for everybody. It's a great sign. But... Yeah, I guess. Lakers, uh, what are they, one in four since they won the in-season tournament? So, you know, they peaked already. Their, their season peaked. They lost to the Bulls last night. How do you lose to the Bulls? Yeah. Joe Embiid put up 51 last night. So, uh, since the start of the, you know, he goes to the line more than anybody. Joel Embiid shoots 14 free throws. Now he's up to 16 free throws. That uh, He's averaged that against the Timberwolves. Most free throws uh, per game by any player against any opponent in the last couple of years. He goes to the line, and he's a really good free throw shooter as well. He shoots 89%. Remember when, you know, it'd be like, oh, big man, you know, I understand why they can't shoot. You know, Shaq, he can't shoot because he's a big man. His hands are too big. No, no, no. You just have to learn how to shoot and have touch. And Embiid has wonderful form and wonderful touch. Yes, Marvin. Yeah, and he's got an underrated, like, mid-range game, too. Yeah. With those legs a couple times, I mean, he's so complete, but I think you're right. Joker with the title, he could go off for another title. He'll definitely be the guy in 10 years. Uh, Andy Staples covers college football for On Three Sports. He'll be at the Rose Bowl with uh, Michigan and Alabama and also the national title game as well. Andy, thanks for joining us. Good morning. I'm curious, what's the difference in pay, the going rate for a valuable player in the transfer portal and then a really valuable high school recruit? Well, it, it depends, and I think the transfer is more expensive now. Uh, I think the transfer 
a transfer quarterback who's going to make a difference, a transfer defensive tackle, offensive lineman, you could be into seven figures, uh, low seven figures. I think only the very top of the high school quarterback market reaches that level. Other than that, it's 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 lower. And the transfers have become more expensive than the high school players as they've gone on because the coaches realize, okay, these guys are making business decisions. They're here. They want to get to the NFL. The high school players are more of a crapshoot. Would you rather win National Signing Day or Transfer Portal Day? <laughs> At this point, I'd still rather win National Signing Day, and I'll, oh, tell, okay. I'll tell you why. I don't think you can get the quality big guys unless you get them out of high school. We had Kirby Smart on my show yesterday, and he just keeps winning at Georgia because when you look at – like he brought in double-digit offensive and defensive linemen out of the high school ranks. These guys are monsters. They're like six foot seven, three hundred seventy pounds, six seven, three forty five. Like, I don't even know how humans have gotten this big, but these are are monsters who can move. And you know what? They may not all start at Georgia. Some of them may transfer out and go play somewhere else. But the ones who succeed, who beat out all the other ones that they already have and start at Georgia are probably going to be better than everybody else's. And that's why they keep winning. We brought this up yesterday, just sort of speculation or maybe the possibility, hypothetical. Could you see Kirby Smart wanting to coach the Atlanta Falcons? I See, I, I, I was getting New England Patriots because he comes off the Saban tree, which is effectively the Belichick tree. Uh, I, I don't see it. He, you know, he, like, he's a South Georgia guy, but I think he's good where he is. He knows that one of the things he's really good at is recruiting, is evaluating, doing what he did yesterday, getting that number one signing class. I've never gotten the sense that he has that itch to coach in the NFL. I, I think he likes where he's at. But the when you mention it, I, I kind of like that. I, <laughs> I, I think Patriots more than Falcons, okay. though I cannot imagine the culture shock of him trying to live in New England versus living in Georgia. Give me the programs you think overachieved yesterday. Well, I think Oregon did really well. Uh, Dan Lanning continues to to build that roster in, in a really good way for the Big Ten. And uh, it started with Mario Cristobal when he was the head coach there where he got them better on the lines of scrimmage because Oregon was always getting good skill talent going back to to Mike Velotti and Chip Kelly, but they really needed to get better in the trenches. And I think Mario left, but Dan Lanning continued that. Uh, they got an edge rusher out of out of Tucson. Uh, his last name is, is Rushing, so it's, I mean, it's a perfect, perfectly aptly named. But... They've done really well with that, but they also have mixed in the transfer portal as well because that's that's one of those where they haven't had a, a ready-made roster each year where they've had that many great classes stacked on top of each other. So they do a good job of mixing them both up. It, Florida State lost their biggest recruit to Georgia, but if you look at it, they actually have a deeper, more quality class than they've had in about 10 years. And that's something when Jimbo Fisher left, it was kind of a mess and I was wondering how long it was going to take to get back to signing classes like that. Well, Mike Norvell did a lot of good work in the transfer portal, obviously has had great success the last two years, and now the high school players are saying, you know what, I, I see the vision here, and I want to jump on. So it, it, it was kind of negative for them yesterday because of the one guy they lost to Georgia, which was a safety from Buford, Georgia. But I think overall, they're they're on an upward trajectory. Let me go back to Oregon. How much of their collective is just Nike money? I think a lot of it, but you know, however it works. And the thing about Nike that, that has to, they have to be a little careful with is Nike does business with all these schools. So you can't <laughs> just build up Oregon. That's it. That's why I keep telling people and, and everybody's like, Oh, Oregon would just buy all the best players. Well, you know who that would piss off? Georgia, <laughs> Alabama, Michigan, Ohio state, who also do business with Nike. <laughs> We're talking to Andy Staples. He covers college football for On3 Sports. Arch Manning's situation at Texas, and how much of that is dependent on Quinn Ewers coming back? Well, I, I think he's going to be the backup there. And and I don't. I never got the sense from Arch that it was a play immediately kind of thing or even a play within the first two years as the okay. starter kind of thing. He's the backup right now. If Quinn Ewers decides to stay... I think the plan would be for Arch to take over. And the other thing is, 
Quinn Ewers has been knocked out each of the last two seasons from multiple games. So if you're backing up Quinn Ewers, there's a very good chance you're going to be the starter at some point. And uh, Dan, I, I know you've met a lot of quarterbacks. You know how they think. Once I'm in there, I ain't giving it back. The NCAA and Jim Harbaugh, where are we? So this is essentially the Jim Trestle case from 12 years ago. The only thing that's changed is everything else around it. Because basically what they got from Harbaugh on is not telling the truth to the NCAA. Uh, they call this cheeseburger gate at Michigan. And basically what happened was during COVID, there, there were some recruits. One of them was committed to Michigan already. They drove to campus on their own dime, just wanted to look around. But schools were not supposed to have any recruits on campus, whether they were unofficial visits, official, didn't matter. You weren't supposed to have anybody at that time. And so Jim Harbaugh goes and meets them at a restaurant. And when the NCAA asks about this, he says, I don't recall. They hand him a receipt. Do you recall now? I don't recall. And so they're saying <laughs> he was providing misleading information to the investigators, which is exactly what they got Jim Trestle for. The difference is in 2011, Ohio State forced Jim Trestle out because people were still like, oh, my goodness, he committed an NCAA violation. And now we're like, who cares? Michigan's like Michigan's thing is we're more worried about Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL. We would like to keep him. But here's the interesting part. Remember, they were going to do a negotiated, basically a plea bargain where Jim Harbaugh was going to be suspended for four games that got rejected by the Committee on Infractions. Michigan then self-imposed three games. So we already know they want more than four games yeah. as a suspension. And I don't think they're going to tack on those three that he got for the, the Connor Stallion signal stealing stuff at the end of the season. I don't think that gets tacked on because that's a separate NCAA investigation. So, yeah, I, I think there's more suspension coming from the NCAA once all this gets settled. But Michigan's not going to cave and fire him, I don't think, the way Ohio State caved and fired Jim Trestle. Okay, but is Harbaugh now more likely to try to go to the NFL again than sit around and wait for these, you know, whatever sanctions are going to happen or penalties? I think he's going to try to go to the NFL anyway, Dan, because I, I think he's wanted to. I, I think there's still an itch there. And remember, he was a really good okay, NFL Okay, but what coach. is holding this up with Harbaugh? Well, he's the NFL proven, teams wanting to hire him. But he's a proven I mean, talent. Why would you take Arthur Smith when you could have Jim Harbaugh? Why would you take Matt Rule when you could have Jim Harbaugh? I, see, ask Ziggy Wolf. He could have had I know. Jim Harbaugh. Well, I, he didn't. I, I do like that coach. Yeah, I do too. I, I think yeah, Kevin, Kevin O'Connell's a great coach. Yes, yes. I understand but, that, but, but there are a lot of other coaches that are pedestrian. Well, and that's the thing. I think there could be jobs where Jim Harbaugh would be a good fit. Like if, if Chicago fires Matt Eberflus, I mean, you, you put Jim Harbaugh there with a number one draft pick quarterback, assuming I know the Panthers won the other day. So I don't know. The Bears pick is still number one for now. If the Panthers go on a winning streak, we'll see about that. But you got the Bears. You got the Chargers job is open. You want you want Jim Harbaugh working with Justin Herbert? Yeah, that'd probably be a pretty good thing. So I think. How about this? If you're if an NFL I gave owner, you, you need to think about it. The Chargers, you can have Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh. Ooh. Ooh. I'm worried about Belichick. Belichick non-Brady is a scary thought. And and the question with I have with Belichick, and actually it's a question I'd ask with Harbaugh too because he's coming from the college ranks where you have full personnel control. Belichick, the GM, worries me more than Belichick, the coach. So I'm not sure how I – because I think both those guys are going to want very tight personnel control. I think I, think I might go Harbaugh to work, just to work with Herbert. There was a report yesterday that uh, there's still NFL chatter about Lincoln Riley. Can you? Why? <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't know. I it's, I mean, I don't know if he had a good or bad day yesterday, but I, I don't know if if Lincoln Riley, it, he was pretty desirable, you know, when the season started, I would think, for NFL teams. But you think that's cooled off? I think he's still desirable as an offensive uh, tactician. You know, what happened yesterday is really irrelevant in terms of, of the NFL because whether Lincoln Riley can recruit or not doesn't matter in the NFL. It's how does he scheme up that offense, but also how willing is he to work with his defensive coordinator to put a good defense on the field? I think that is the bigger concern, whether it's the NFL or college football. Lincoln Riley has yet to show that he can he can have a program 
that has a good defense that he can practice in a way that allows the defense to also get what it needs that he can hire a defensive coordinator who can put a dominant defense on the field those are all things that lincoln riley needs to prove and those would be issues in the nfl and they are issues at usc right now great to talk to andy uh, happy holidays to you and the family and thanks for joining us as always thank you dan that's andy staples at uh, on three sports yeah the talk about lincoln riley that came out of uh, meetings in dallas uh jordan schultz of bleacher report had that where Lincoln Riley was at least a conversation with some of these owners or NFL people looking at who could be uh, one of the next head coaches in the NFL. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card. Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 